freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You are listening to What on Earth is Happening right here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, of course, oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, March 4th, 2012. We have a great show lined up for you here today. We're going to be, uh, we have a special guest coming on to discuss a very important topic. We're going to be continuing our ongoing solutions-oriented approaches to the problems that humanity faces in consciousness. And as part of that solution, we have to begin to understand the fact that money is an illusion created to enslave us all. And that's something that many people really have a very difficult time with, a very hard time even imagining a world without money. But these are the topics that we're going to discuss today with our special guest, Kevin Tilsner. Kevin is an activist and talk show host from right here in uh, my hometown, right in the Philadelphia area. He does a great podcast uh, called uh, Caution Tinfoil Hat Area. Yes, a comic uh, name for a podcast, but he discusses some very serious subjects on that podcast. I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, his podcast is linked right now on the radio show page. You could participate uh, in the chat room as well on that radio show page for the show today. So um, I have uh, one quick, uh, really not an event announcement, but I want to thank everyone who turned out for the uh, last um, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity documentary night at Media Bureau Studios. Uh, they braved a, uh, a very rainy, damp, cold evening uh, and came out and... It, um, I'm very glad that they did because we showed one of the most empowering documentaries that we have to date, and that was Michael Tessarion's Architects of Control. Uh, and boy, was it a hard-hitting and powerful one. And I think you know the right people were there to witness it, the people who really uh, wanted to see that and uh, use their willpower to come out in a in a bad weather situation came out and they were there and they they were the people that needed to be there and see that so uh... thank you for uh... showing up uh... everyone that did show up for that last documentary night the next one is going to be on wednesday night 
um, March 28th, the 28th of March. And we haven't uh, picked a movie for that as of yet, but I will be making uh, the determination as to what movie we will be showing um, coming up in the next uh, couple of days. So uh, I'll be announcing it here on the radio show, and you can look for that on the uh, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity website as well, which is uh, www.truthfreedomprosperity.org. For those who want to know more about those meetups, uh, you can go and check that out, and uh, you can get on the uh, uh, on the uh, meetup list if you're uh, in the Philadelphia area, and come on out and join us. We have uh, very enlightening documentaries and discussions uh, always at Media Bureau on the last Wednesday of every month. So coming up in the next segment... Uh, we have Kevin Tilsner, and again, we're going to be discussing the monetary system as a mechanism of enslavement and how to free our minds of that illusory methodology of enslavement. That's coming up on this edition of What on Earth is Happening. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Today on the show, our special guest is Kevin Tilsner, an activist and talk show host from the Philadelphia area. Kevin is the creator and host of Caution Tinfoil Hat Area on the Talk Shoe Network. We'll be discussing solutions to the corrupt monetary system, which currently has a stranglehold over our country and the world as a whole. This will include the exploration of topics such as sustainability, resource-based living, and free energy technologies, among others. Kevin, welcome to What on Earth is Happening. Thank you very much for having me on, Mark. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for being here with us today. So, Kevin... um, the idea of money as an illusion, we talked about this in the uh, mind control section on the site. What we want to start doing here today is helping people to understand that fundamental truth and help them to start uh, disidentifying their minds with this uh, concept of money and thinking that we need money to exist, to survive as beings, you know, that, that this is something that eternally must be here and must exist in order to us to function and have a society and have civilization at all. So, um, you know, let's start uh, exploring that topic and getting into that a little bit and uh, let's uh, hear your, your thoughts on that and how we can begin to uh, free our minds from that illusion that's holding us back as a species. I guess one of the first places I want to start off at is kind of where you were just taking it is that like someone else had mentioned that saying that humans cannot live without government is like saying animals cannot survive without farms. And I feel that there's a very easy juxtaposition to to be created with the concept of money as well as the concept of government in that, in that quote. Um, Sadly, we uh, really are kind of lost in our mentalities in many ways. Like, um, uh, it's almost disturbing the amount of propaganda that's floated towards us, even through things like, uh, say, um, children's films. Um, Like, uh, as long as sleeping beauties are attracted to men with resources, you know, dreaming men will wage wars and, and... to try and gain and maintain that attraction. 
And we need to shift our consciousness clearly out of this mentality of we must like buy and be corporate slaves to our consumeristic uh, greed, realistically. Uh, and, and like I wish it could be said nicer than that, but, but sadly too many people are, are into that consumeristic mentality as, as uh, even uh, the, the third mall from the sun is Bill Hicks put sure. it once. And even more than uh, just the fact that people cling on to a materialistic lifestyle, uh, it, it's more of a fact that they, their minds have really been so degraded that they don't have the, the capacity anymore in many cases to even imagine a situation without money. One of the quotes that I've put out there, you know, uh, myself, is that the ultimate form of mind control is the uh, 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 the extermination of the human imagination. Once the imagination is gone, once you can't really visualize your way out of a situation, it, you're really enslaved by it. You're really trapped in that box of limitation. You know, uh, it's it's um uh, it literally is a prison for the consciousness not to be able to imagine that uh, a current condition. Uh, can ever be changed. And this is part of worldview. This ties in with something I've been talking about as a huge solution to the problems that we face is changing one's worldview uh, from this uh, powerless uh, worldview that, uh, you know, things have always been this way and they can't be changed and that there is, you know, lack in the world and, you know, we, we need to be in competition for resources. And this simply isn't true. This is just simply a worldview. It's something that uh, if we simply choose to not believe in anymore, again, that apophatic pathway of, you know, disconnecting ourselves from it, taking a second look at it, deciding this isn't uh, what is uh, for the betterment of myself or anyone else, and I'm just going to walk away from it. I'm going to I'm going to stop thinking this way. I'm going to put this uh, set of ideas and beliefs, which is what they are, down, and I'm going to refuse to engage in them anymore. I'm going to go over here and do something completely different. But unfortunately, that requires an activated imagination, which unfortunately I should say most people don't have that activated imagination. What do you think we can do to start really turning people on to the idea that things aren't uh, set in stone? Uh, we've made things this way because of what we believe and we can we can change, the, change those things, those situations, those circumstances anytime we want, but we first have to change our minds. What can we do to assist that process? Well, that's exactly it. You, you, you hit the nail right on the head. It's, it, psychopaths run our world, and we let them by believing in money, which they print out of thin air to fund our oppression, and then they say it's for our own good. And, right. and it's, it's, it's laughable. It really is. And, and the fact that we don't recognize this early on in life, and I think a lot of children actually do, and they see through that illusion, and we just pound it into them by teaching them this this nonsense i mean even the other day i was trying to teach my son about money and i said the first thing you do when it comes to money is you do not steal from other people when you want to fill your box full of money to try and purchase something that you want to purchase because these are the rules of the game and we i got to teach them to them doesn't mean i like it and i'm the, the other ways of getting out of this idea is that we we need to kind of encourage people to go beyond the revolution and start to evolve. Our new source of power needs to be not money in the hands of the few, but information in the hands of the many. Uh, the, the whole open source uh, 
possibilities are, are really endless. Uh, the idea of anything being considered uh, uh, copyrighted and, 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 oh, this is my idea, you can't have it, that, that kind of uh, John Galt mentality of this is my idea, how dare you steal it from me even though it, sa even though it helps the world, I'd rather destroy the world and all of its processes instead of just offering solutions that anyone can use. That's right. Earthships are a perfect example, such as taking our current resources of trash and turning them into housing that's sustainable. Exactly, and we're going to get more into earth, earth ships later on in the show. But uh, to go back to this idea of open sourcing information, this is something that I've been hammering on since day one, uh, helping people to understand that if we want to be free, we have to put things out there freely. That's why it's called freedom, because, and that's why we have so little of it, because we're unwilling to do that. We're unwilling to simply free that which we create. We want to hold on to it, stay attached to it. Attachment is not freedom. It's the exact opposite. Having not no attachments to something is freedom, okay? We're not binding ourselves to anything. We're releasing the power of the imagination. We're not keeping it inside a box anymore. So, um, you know, uh, one of the best ways I've, I think I've put that out there is if you look at the copyright on my podcast, if you go on like, you know, for example, the podcast directory on like Apple or something like that where What on Earth is Happening is listed and it says, what is the copyright for this podcast? Right next to that little copyright symbol, it says, this information belongs to everyone. That's what we ultimately need to get to, that level of consciousness, that ideas are not mine alone. They're things that belong to everyone in creation. We'll explore more of this on the other side of this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening, ladies and gentlemen. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. Today on the show, we're talking with activist Kevin Tilsner about the corrupt monetary system and how to free ourselves from it first in the mind and then free ourselves from it in the external reality in which we live. Kevin, we were talking uh, before the break about the idea of attachment and how people think that things have to be a certain way. And uh, part of the first uh, method of starting to free ourselves from this uh, corrupt uh, system of financial tyranny is freeing the mind from its identification with it. So uh, let's explore that out a little bit more. And uh, also, uh, you had a quick event announcement that you wanted to make regarding uh, this topic. And um, uh, I want to give the call-in number too. So we'll, we'll get into that in just a moment. Let me give the call-in number, then I'll let you make your event annou uh, announcement, and then we'll go from there. The call-in number for the show, ladies and gentlemen, will be taking calls in hour number two is 866 841 
888-253-1065. Once again, the call-in number for this show, if you want to call in and ask any questions of uh, Kevin Tilsner or myself, is 866-841-1065. Call in, get in the queue. We'll be taking calls in hour number two. So, Kevin, uh, you had an event announcement, and then we'll continue to flesh out uh, the the mental detachment from this uh, system that we've been of uh, oppression and uh, sl- enslavement that we've been living under. Well, when I first started to uh, notice things start to fall apart was actually just before, uh, like, 2001. Uh, and, like, in around 2000 or so, I saw, like, a lot of the systems start to fall apart. And I noticed my own financial um, capabilities were not what I had hoped they would be after high school. And um, in, in going back to school, I learned a lot about technology, and that was really helpful, and it helped me get a couple of new jobs. But then I started to still think that, like, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing what I really want to do, and what I really want to do is just simply be free, and I don't even know what I want to do yet. So I'd like to just be free to, to explore first. So I start looking into different sustainable systems that could be created as cheap as possible, and I stumbled onto Earthships. And a guy named Michael Reynolds created a movie um, called Garbage Warrior, and it is uh, very akin to the Ungrip film that was played at the at TVP. Yes. Or, um, I'm sorry, at um, at TFP the yes. the other day. I know you had a movie night that that showed the Ungrip yes, film. Yes, that's right. I, I actually chose to show that one. We showed that a couple months back. So the, the point to all this is that uh, Earthship Philly having a seminar. Uh, it was originally $400. It's now, uh, I found basically a way to get uh, through, through them. Uh, they've got $100, $200 tickets now that are available for the April 6th, 7th, and 8th seminar. It's essentially on sustainable autonomy for everyone, or safe as they call it. And uh, you can look that up online. Uh, it's earthship.com slash philly dash earthship dash seminar dash discount dash ticket dot html. Uh, we'll post the link. We'll post the link. And I'm looking forward to learning all the more from it. Kevin, we'll post this link with the podcast uh, of the show on the uh, What on Earth is Happening website. I know it's a, a, a one-off uh, event, but uh, you know I'll, I'll keep it up there as long as the event is going. Uh, you know, uh, prior to the event, but. Um, yeah, if anybody wants to learn more about Earthships as well, the, the movie on Grip is great at seeing an Earthship actual, actually in action that is being uh, inhabited. Uh, the uh, gentleman in the movie who's the, the main um, uh, uh, person of interest in the movie um, also not only brings out ideas about sustainable living in this film, which is why I encourage it, but he really gets into the concept of sovereignty that uh, we really need to step up and uh, basically let it be known that we're not someone else's subjects, that we're not their slaves, that they don't own us. You know, and that's what ultimately all of this is is about. It's about ownership and what people think, uh, you know, who become so attached to the concept of money think that they could ultimately start doing with it uh, with the, quote, power that it affords them over other people's uh, minds and ultimately their behaviors. And that, that's why so many of these people out there, you know, in different control-based institutions are willing to do much of the, uh, you know, complete um, horrors that they take part in on a daily basis, uh, the complete 
and flagrant violations of other people's uh, inherent natural law rights because they're paid to do it. They're given a paycheck and to them that represents value, that represents power and ability to do things in the world because of, you know, how our current financial system is set up. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll do any and all um, uh, immoral deeds as a result of being paid to do them. And we're going to get into that as well. So, um, Kev, let, let's go back to the idea of a, attachment to a, a certain way of thinking and how this keeps people in this idea that, you know, there has to be money, first of all. Well, the first thing I want to say on that is Daniel Pinchbeck had a perfect quote. Uh, he's a, also the creator of the, or I think one of the founders, at least, of the Evolver group. Oh, yes. Uh, he said that capital is ultimately a social relation, hence a belief system and a collective agreement that can be changed or revoked. That's right. And see, this is when people start to, to worry because they're like, oh no, the foundations of, of, of my house of cards is being, you know, the table's being shook. Right. And like, compassion isn't weakness, and concern for the unfortunate is not socialism, is another quote. And, and uh, another one uh, is... is when I give food to the poor, they call me a saint. When I ask why the poor have no food, they call me a communist. Right. Let, and, let's and let's like, address this dichotomy right here, first of all, because this is very important. The first thing I want people to understand is I am not a communist. I am not a socialist. As a matter of fact, I believe in no systems of oppression, government, and authority at all. I think authority is another religion that is actually, it stems from this belief in money. They play hand in hand uh, they play into each other hand in hand. It is a Hegelian dialectical worldview, okay, that is that is fostered and promulgated by the sorcerers of this world, if you will, okay, to get people to think, well, if you're not a capitalist, you must be a communist, okay? If you're not a believer in the free, mar free market economics with the kind of money that we have now, then you must be some kind of a socialist. And just because A is not true doesn't mean B must be true, okay? We have to understand that there is third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and an infinity of other ways of being in the world that doesn't include either of these two systems of oppression and enslavement because ultimately that's what they both are. One is a financial system of tyranny and one is a state-sponsored uh, system of tyranny. And unfortunately, we have both of them going on right now. If you think you don't live in a fascist society, you're absolutely out of your mind because fascism is the merger of corporate power and state power and that is absolutely what is going on and if you don't think we live in a communist and socialist society you're also equally out of your mind because that uh, is a system that continues to give power to the state take away all private property rights and inherent uh, uh, civil rights of the people and give them hand them over to the state which they deem as the efficient managers of all of all of those things so I'm not a supporter of either one of those systems there is again as I said many other ways of being in the world other than those two and if you think just because you don't support one that you must be a supporter of, of another that is extremely immature unidimensional thinking and you have bought into a method of mind control called the Hegelian dialectic and again the dark usage of that dialectic I should say. So Kevin let's uh, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Thank you very much for actually bringing all that up because that's part of what comes up often when dealing with like internet trolls and so on who just want to like yell about 
the zeitgeist movement of the Venus Project being a cult of Marxist robots who are coming to free the minds of our labor force. Oh no! And and like that that's really what it comes down to is the fact that like people are waking up. We're starting to understand that there's more to life going on. And do we have a few moments? To, I, I've got a little anecdote a that I'd We're really like to. Break, Kev, so let's uh, continue to explore that on the other side. Stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Awesome. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. We're talking today with Philadelphia area activist and talk show host Kevin Tilsner about the corrupt monetary system that we live in and how to ultimately free ourselves from it. Kevin, you were going to get into an, an anecdote uh, about um, you know, uh, how production has changed and uh, how, therefore, uh, more people are actually uh, out of work and can't afford things uh, ever, than ever before. That's exactly right. Um, we've gotten ourselves to such a high level of production that uh, through mechanization that a lot of people are put out of work, like you just stated. And because of that, they can't even afford discounted prices, say, at Costco. So Costco gives a whole bunch of their food that's going to be like expired in the next day or so, and they give it to Christian charities who then give it out to the poor. So a lot of the ideas behind, say, the Venus Project, which is really like taking all the sustainable systems that are in an Earthship and switching them into a citywide design, and in so doing, we would then have say, large vertical farms where they create large amounts of food and just give it away for free. There's a guy who works for NASA named Douglas, Douglas Millette, and he has put out a movie. You can look it up on YouTube very easily. It's called Our Technical Reality, and it goes over all of the basics of how we today have a lot of the technologies that they suggested in Star Trek. And we're kind of on this path of paradise, uh, like pa path to paradise that's possible, but we're also on this trail to oblivion that, that, that's also like really nipping at our feet if we don't pay attention. And that comes from we're all this advanced technology and all this advanced technology and methods of production all around us, which I'm not uh, talking out against. I think we can live sustainably with technology. It's just a matter of how we're going to use it. But we have all these means of production and we're, we're using it to pump out so much more than we can use in certain areas. And then other people living in other areas are starving, you know, and, and literally they're making more than, than can be used in the shelves in their own stores. But then uh, having to actually try to give that away before it spoils. I mean, this, it's, it's like madness if you really think about it. Instead of simply um, allowing production to continue to go up like that and then just making it available. You know, why have to uh, use this medium of exchange? We were talking before the show, Kevin, on the very concept of uh, the medium of exchange, how this is a fallacy to begin with. People always... Uh, who are monetary apologists and supporter of, supporters of this insanity called the monetary system, think that it's just a store of value or a medium of exchange. Both of those concepts, 
in and of themselves are dangerous. Both of those concepts ultimately lead to slavery. You can't uh, believe that something is something that it is not, okay? That this worthless piece of paper actually represents the real thing that I can uh, supposedly get as a result of exchanging this with someone else. That whole concept is the problem with the monetary system to begin with. You know, um, the, the concept of creating a medium, you think about what that means. It means in the middle, and money is the farthest thing from balance that we could ever possibly imagine. It's not balance. They're trying to, pos they, they use that word, that word of exchange or medium a medium of exchange as a deliberate obfuscation method, as a de deliberate mind control technique to get you to identify mentally with this concept of a medium of exchange uh, uh, as a, a way of balancing one's life, which it is absolutely not. Also, a medium is an intermediary, like a, me a psychic medium, an intermediary between you and the spirit world, where a, a priest acts as a medium between you and the, the Godhead, a, a, as a medium between you and the divine force of creation. And these are also concepts that are obsolete and ultimately there as a mechanism of control, just like money. So, Kevin, you want to speak to that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, please forgive a little cynical ribbing here, but a lot of times this is when people start to say, oh, it's not the money's fault. If guns killed people, you know, pencils would misspell words. It's all people that are using and misusing the money. And that, well, that's true and all. It's, you have to understand that, you know, as people put this money thing up on, on, on such a pedestal, and, you know, anytime you put something on a pedestal, you kind of deserve to get kicked in the teeth, as Michael Cesarian has put it. And uh, I, I really, like, live and die by that anymore. Um, and, and that's part of the other issues that, like, we need to all really focus on and consider that it's, it's who would we trust to make this new money if we have this sound money for America? I love the idea. Don't get me wrong. I would love a currency that was actually based in, in, in some sort of truth that actually worked uh, they, they, I don't know I, maybe even a time bank or something but but like some sort of calculation of how you're putting towards society would, would be a wonderful thing but we, we need the basics to survive and, and, and people need to understand that money came from like people say that all this money came and helped create all this technology that gave us all this abundance and where it's really kind of the other way around where technology came along and it created abundance and capitalism kind of rode the wave of it. And it, yes, it greased a lot of palms and it greased a lot of wheels to make things go. But in the end, money is much more like lawn darts. It's an old and dangerous game than maybe it's time humanity put it on the shelf with some of the other toys from our childhood. That's right. All we need really is human ingenuity, human creativity. Creativity is the way out of all of this, ultimately. That's what, that's what we really have to become focused upon. You know, that's where we need to put our intent, our intent and our intention on becoming creative individuals, on developing the capacity of the imagination so that we can imagine our way out of this current condition. And, you know, I, um, we also were talking about before the show, Kevin, uh, we, I did a, a speech at one of the end of Fed rallies, I think it was the last one that I gave, and I talked about the power of the human imagination. And I, you know, said that this is what ultimately 
these psychopaths want to keep down in us. They, they, they want to eradicate that because if we can't imagine a world any other way than what it is, we can't get out of these conditions. It works. It's, it's that simple. And when I asked the people if they could imagine a world without money at an end the Fed rally, please take note, okay? It was almost as if you could hear crickets chirping in the background. Mm -hmm. Okay, it was like yeah, I, it went I was, dead silence. I, I, I felt the you could feel the empty the the silence except for like me and one other person that was like yes, <laughs> yeah. And th therein lies the entire problem. The entire problem is that this religion has a bigger stranglehold over the mind of humanity than any other thought at all than any other belief system. This is the biggest one. And where, that's where it has to be attacked. It has to be attacked at the level of the mind first. Before we could even really ultimately propose any solutions in the physical world, we have to understand we're dealing with an illusion that doesn't exist in nature, ladies and gentlemen. That has to be changed in the mind first and foremost. So... Kev, you, you could address that, and uh, uh, you know if you wanted to get into that that anecdote as well. I know you wanted to talk about the anecdote well, of. Well, that was uh, pretty much the the whole thing on that one. I, yeah. I mean, the other anecdotes that are possible are like we we have all these different ideas that can take care of a lot of problems for us. I mean, we want to end poverty, create a bunch of vertical farms. Uh, Doug Millet, I was mentioning, works for NASA. He's trying to create a, a, a little farm like that. It's like a building you can just drop it somewhere. And it just continuously generates food because of a hydroponic system that works with aquaponics. It's basically using tilapia fish, and uh, it, it generates all the nutrients. It basically creates a, 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 an ecosystem right. and generates the food. And it just pumps it out, and it's all mechanized, and he's trying to get some funding for it currently. But it's not like these things aren't possible. Right. People talk about the chemtrails in the sky, and they're all choked up about it. <laughs> and I like to joke that it's really a simple solution. Ground all the planes. Uh, take the we won't fly concept as far as you can, and we can make maglev technologies are out there. Pop science has had it out since the 90s. They can make a tube, like a vacuum tube that, that sends your money to your bank and when you're sitting in a car, it sends it, it basically will send a train, a monorail train from New York to London in a few hours. And it's not like these things aren't possible, it's just that the greedy won't let it happen. It costs too much money to make something like that. And then what, you want to give it away for free and let people ride it for free? And well, com yeah. combine that with the attitude that these uh, elitists take toward any technology or energy system that could ultimately free us from this system of enslavement, like free energy, uh, you know, and that suppression just uh, continues. So we're going to talk about that on the other side. We're going to talk about free energy technologies and what it means to really transition from a system of limitation and lack okay scarcity to a system of true abundance we'll talk about that on the other side you're listening to what on earth is happening stay with us the welcome back folks this is what on earth is happening i'm your host mark passio 
Today and over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about freeing ourselves from financial tyranny, methods on doing that, practical methods on doing that, but first and foremost, getting out of the idea, the belief system, the religion of money itself. So today on the show, we're talking with activist Kevin Tilsner about how to begin this process. Now, Kevin, you have a a sort of an outline of of five things that you have uh, observed about and questioned regarding uh, this concept of the free market. So I'm going to let you uh, start breaking those down, and through that, we'll get into the the understanding of the dichotomy between uh, scarcity-based thinking and abundance-based thinking. So uh, I'll let you pick it up from there. Thank you. Uh, I guess the first one, I'll just lay right into it. Uh, Roxanne Meadows of the Venus Project specifically has stated, in today's society, you are only as free as your purchasing power. And even in a true or enlightened capitalist free market, acknowledge we're not in one now. That's that's obvious. We're much more like a fascist uh, corporatism. Uh, But nonetheless, it, it still creates a wage slave because you have to work for money or you starve in that system too. So the question comes down to why must humans pay to survive on this planet? As the saying goes, we're the only species who does, right? Yeah, exactly. No other species uses money. You know, we, we it seems we are degraded from the other species on the planet in this regard with all the capabilities we have that allegedly makes us a higher category of being than them uh, we're, we're using this uh, illusory uh, concept of something that doesn't exist in nature and chaining ourselves with it actually enslaving ourselves through a capacity of the mind it's it's absolutely amazing so uh, definitely I totally agree with that uh, the second one was kind of like uh, this. I don't know. Maybe two of them I'm going to have to say are kind of a little iffy because they look at government as well. And this one is specifically the free market directly led to crony capitalism and government-based monopolies through this monetary system. Well, so what happens to it, people? That could happen the through this hand gives you the fingers, George Carlin has. Right. Kevin, let me stop you for a second. That that could happen through the very concept of differential um, status in and of itself, like saying this person has more of uh, value and uh, has more um, ability to do things in society just based on how many of these monetary units he happened to acquire. Not because he's an actual better human being or because he's capable of actually producing something that is truly worthwhile toward the many. You know, he could have gotten rich on uh, selling plush dolls, dolls that really don't serve any actual utilitarian purpose other than some, you know, aesthetics for, for, for you know, uh, people who appreciate such things. But the whole point is, you know, uh, what did, did the maker of, let's say, Cabbage Patch dolls get incredibly rich? Well, are Cabbage Patch dolls solving the problems of humanity? Okay, yeah, babies might like to play with them, but, you know, is that actually doing anything ultimately for uh, improving the quality of life for the people on the earth? You know, but that person could get incredibly rich in a system, even in an open, true, open free market system, okay? But did, did that person actually contribute to the betterment of his species? I would argue no. So th- this is the point you're trying to make here. Uh, that, that's definitely a huge part of it. Um, 
Uh, even and, and we mentioned number three earlier, where even in the free market, someone has to create money and capital. So who could we trust to create it? I mean, are we considering the idea of making like a million more Ben Bernanke's here? Right. Um, I the fourth one is uh, we live on just one finite planet, and I know you want to get into this here with the, with scarcity and such, and that, sure. that that's really what it comes down to is that like. Before I even get into number four here, I want to throw out a minor anecdote about Australia, where realistically we could actually move everyone on the planet to Australia and basically build a sustainable environment. I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying that we could. And since that's the second uh, smallest continent, it pretty much proves that we don't have an issue with uh, overpopulation. And that's pretty much a myth. Really here, here. Like, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm sorry, what was that? I, I, I said I'm very glad you brought that up because I wholeheartedly agree. Po overpopulation is not the problem. The way that we're interacting with this planet is the problem, not the population of the people. Uh, that That is, uh, as you said, that's a, that's a myth and that's something to promote uh, eugenics, actually. Exactly. Like, we, we live on just one finite planet with many finite resources. The true free market is based on infinite desires and infinite growth. How can this be sustained? It can't. I mean, the idea of that there will always be more resources to exploit, turn into things, and then sell is folly. You know, uh, so I totally agree with that. Uh, Abundance-based living doesn't mean you could perpetually take things from the earth and convert them into things, and you know, never uh, have consequences to deal with as a result of doing that. Uh, be before we continue to uh, talk about that, though, I want to go back a little bit to uh, number three and talk about this idea of who would we trust to create this, uh, you know, type of money that we're using right now, even in this so-called honest monetary uh, economy, you know, the sound money uh, uh, principle that is often discussed. Oh, we need to return the uh, monetary creation power to the Congress where it rightfully belongs, quote unquote. Uh, you know, return it to the people who are on the take from the international bankers now, and they're going to be extremely moral people and do the right things with that kind of power and capability. So, so I, you know, I totally see where you're going with that, that you know, the whole point of whoever is the, quote, maker of money, okay, uh, this fake form of money is ultimately going, in a, going to be in a position of exploitation over other human beings. This system is a system of exploitation of other human beings, period. That's what the whole monetary system is, always has been, and always will be. That is what it is. That is its nature. That is the nature of an illusory, exploitative system called money. The real money is what we have to become makers of. And that is the, the balance of the mind, the opening of the heart, and the connection to higher consciousness. That is what real money, mon eye, one eye, as we talked about with green language, you know, occult uh, symbol language, is all about. That's where we need to take that power into ourselves, not give it over to anybody to create this fake form of it. So uh, I just wanted to say that about observation number three before we get back into talking about you know abundance uh, versus this scarcity-based uh, mentality which we have now. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I I'm sorry I skipped past it so quickly. 
but it, that, that's exactly what it comes down to. We have the technological capabilities to literally create a paradise. And it, we're, it, uh, people want to yell at me, oh, no, I'm a utopian, I'm a utopian. No, yeah, no, no, sorry. Again, that's creating this dialectic. And, like, they're, they're all social planners and, and, and um, what do you call them, uh, central planners. They're all evil, this, that, and the other thing. Well, you know, okay, fine. If you want to say that, then, then fine. It's not like you couldn't cre we can't create these things so that people can then be taught easily how to maintain them. And do it in a decentralized way that doesn't involve authoritarianism. Precisely. And in the end, maybe it would come down to some trade and barter. Like, hey, I produced like an extra bushel of oranges this week, dude. Does anyone in our neighborhood have extra strawberries? We we could have. We'd like to have them for something. You know? Sure. And, and, and that sort of trade. Happens. I don't have a problem with barter at all. I think it could be an effective stopgap, an interim solution toward going to a truly free, open uh, economy like a gift society. You know, that that's ultimately what we're really talking about moving toward. Understanding we're all one family and that we all basically have the same needs and the same uh, requirements to live on this planet in a body. You know, so ultimately, uh, that would yeah, be an effective stopgap. Yeah, how about a really true that. free market? Right. How, so, how about a true free market where we just give away food for free. Yeah, that's why it would be called <laughs> a free market. Free. That would be the definition of a free market. I'm going yeah, to a exactly. free market. Why would I need money if I'm going to a free market? <laughs> well, that's, that's part of the problem with the free market. It really the free in free market is doesn't mean, That's right. If you were truly free, you wouldn't need to be told that you were free. Exactly. You could just simply be so uh, let's flesh out point number four a little bit more that, uh, you know, w while we live on a finite planet, we could still embrace this concept of true abundance for all. And th there's the break music for uh, this next break. We're going to be coming up to the uh, top of the second hour. I'm going to give the call-in number again. Let's have some people start calling in, and we'll take some calls throughout the second hour for uh, Kevin Tilsner. Uh, talking about the system of monetary enslavement that we're living under and how to get out of it. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Hey, guys, it's Christian. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. Today on the show, we're talking with activist Kevin Tilsner about the monetary system the depth of corruption of the system that we live under right now and how to ultimately free ourselves from that system first through disidentification with it at a mental level and then through some of the practical methodologies that we can employ and creative means that we can employ to uh, promote sustainable living in a system without money. Kevin, welcome back to the show, and let's uh, continue with your observations on the, quote, free market system. Uh, we were on uh, part number four where we were discussing the dichotomy between uh, scarcity-based thinking and uh, true abundance. Yeah, well, as I was suggesting with the whole, like, Australia concept, not to actually move everyone there, but look, clearly we had enough space to then let 
what natural resources we already have go back to nature and maybe even the happy hunting grounds of old will come back that the, the Indians used to, the Native Americans used to, to speak of. And I, I, I would love to see something like that where, where like, I, I, I understand your feelings on, on um, being a vegetarian and so on, but I, 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 I also kind of understand the thrill of the hunt. I guess it comes almost from like my father teaching me how to fish and so on as a child and I still eat fish and so on myself but I, I, the idea is that we have these resources available we could very easily make a world of plenty um, back during the like beginning of the last century uh, oil was uh, coming into this, this big um, paradigm shift and we got away from using different plant based oils that we could have gotten into such as Ford apparently made a car completely on hemp out of hemp oil, uh, plastics, and then it ran on on like a hemp styled ethanol. So the, these sort of sorts of things are are possible, and we're holding these ideas back for greed. It's so, it's <laughs> like, so are we really going to let a bunch of like greedy people just ruin our planet? I guess it's so that my some big people. Question. Some people can maintain their power and their profit at the expense of other people, at the expense of actually the evolutionary progress of an entire species, which is what the holding back, the deliberate suppression and the violent suppression of free energy technologies is actually doing. I mean, just look at what they did to Nikola Tesla at the turn of the uh, 20th century. You know, basically uh, broke all of his uh, dreams for a future that would have had unlimited and free, abundant energy through uh, wireless electrical systems that he championed and pioneered and actually proved that would be able to work and be sustainable. That we could actually, as he said, hook up our machinery to the very wheel work of nature. You know, technology is something that could very well serve humanity if we use it in the right ways and with the right mental intentions, the right consciousness employed to the technology, and we could then create something that is extremely powerful and sustainable and serves the needs of all. And that's what Tesla wanted to do, and as a result, they pulled his funding and uh, basically shut him down and you know, turned him into you know, a broken individual as a result of not being able to give what he wanted to freely give to humanity uh, out and get it out there. And just like today, there are even further biological answers that we can use to help fix things. The guy out there named Paul Stemitz, and he has a video that you can look up called Six Ways Mushrooms Can Save the World. And not a single one of them even has to do with the food production, which is the funny part about it. Right. They, they all have to do with um, how they clean up our environment. Uh, one of them has to do with, it's literally like eat up oil spills. Sure. that are like land-based and such and another one is even eating radiation out of chernobyl amazing as, as we see kevin hold it right there we're coming up to another break we could also talk about the uses of hemp and how that's suppressed as well on the other side you're listening to what on earth is happening we'll be right back ladies and gentlemen Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. 
here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website is whatonearthishappening.com. Today we're talking with uh, local activist Kevin Tilsner about the monetary system and what we can do to free ourselves from identification with it and ultimately uh, change reality as a result of sustainable methods of living in our world. So, Kev, you were uh, uh, fleshing out a little bit more of your uh, observation number four uh, re- regarding um, uh, abundance, true abundant uh, living versus the scarcity uh, system, which is ultimately fear-based that we have now. Before you get back into that, uh, I want to give the call-in number one more time, 866-841-1065 to call in and join us. We have a couple of callers on the line, so I'll let you finish fleshing out that point. We were to also talking about the uh, suppression of uh, technologies that could lead to true abundance, and then uh, we'll, we'll take a couple of calls in this segment, hopefully. That was one of my... Uh favorite things is, is that's out there is these things called rep ramps or maker bots came across them and they just made me happy because you can actually download programs off the internet and have them print out various items like summer tools whatever you could create with a 3d printer now some people don't even know what 3d printing is just to give you an idea it, uh, it's basically like a, um, a type of engineering where they it's additive engineering, they call it, where they basically add a layer and then add another layer and add another layer, and eventually have a three-dimensional object. You can create all sorts of really amazing designs with it because it's you, you can create whatever you can, whatever your imagination can come up with on a, and design it into a computer, and then it will just print it out. So imagine like Toys R Us in 20 years is actually... Not, it could that theoretically not even be capitalistic. It's just like, hey, I'm going to a toy site. This is where it's listed. You don't need to go to a store anymore. You just print it out in, in your garage or whatever, this, wherever you have your own little personal It works with device. like a basic polymer. It's getting a lot cheaper. It works with a basic polymer material type thing? Yeah. You, basically, it's, a, it's made out of a, You use a plastic, and eventually you could use... Uh, if the laws and restrictions were removed from hemp, you could very easily make a hemp plastic out of it that might even be stronger than, than the stuff that people are working I'm with sure it would in be. these fields. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't know hemp can be used for building, and it, it creates a, a, an enormously stronger building material than most of the substances we're using now. You know, And it's, it's just ludicrous that this uh, industrial form of hemp is, uh, you know, has been made illegal when uh, it was one of the, the foundations of this country, the growing of hemp. You can also scale out the, the console crafting stuff as well. Like you can scale it out so that you're not just like making little tiny stuff like, like hooks and, and like uh, wrenches and stuff like that. But you can make buildings and right. run out cement. Right, <laughs> and and these things can just like work tirelessly overnight and print out building after building after building, conserving not only on home construction um, resources but also saving the lives of construction workers. And oh no, these people are all going to be put out of work. Well, you know, if we design a system that's sustainable and globally abundant, where people have access, easy, unfettered access to Say instead of a Wawa, you would go down to your local vertical farm and just pick up what you need. 
absolutely. And, you know, that's the thing that we need. We need to grow the food where we're going to eat it instead of growing it off-site and then using more energy resources to truck it into the areas where we actually live. Growing food where you live is one of the keys to abundance-based living. So, phenomenal points. Kev, what do you say we uh, go to the phone and take a call in this segment? Yeah, I'm all about it. Thank you. Great. Okay, here we go. Caller from the Philadelphia area. You're live on What on Earth is Happening with our special guest, Kevin Tilsner. Welcome. Hi, Mark. It's Mike. Mike Kelly, just the man I wanted to talk to. <laughs> hey, Mike, listen, while I have you on the line, before we even continue, do you want to come on next week to do a show with me? I'd love to. Fantastic. Then Michael Kelly is the guest next week. It's that simple, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll be continuing to talk about this topic with Michael Kelly next week. So, Michael, what do you have for us today? Well, Mark and Kevin, you know, this is an interesting show, but I have to disagree with some of the things I've heard. And uh, I think what you guys are not, you have not come up to is the point of human nature you know the psychology people have we're not much different than other animals you said no other animal uses money and that's true but that it's money is one of the greatest inventions and if you want to know what human nature and why the problems occur with money it's mostly because of government is a problem and not the people. You know, if, if you look at other animals, like I watched some squirrels in my backyard, and one squirrel was going into the nest where the, um, the nuts were from another squirrel. There was a bloody war between the two over those nuts. People are the same way, and you have something, you want to keep it, you want to maintain what you have that you've worked for. You know, if I had a farm, now Kevin was just talking about getting hemp, you just walk down to your farm, and to a local farm and grab it. Well, wait a minute. If I put in the labor to grow that, why? What gives anybody else a right to come in and take the fruits of my labor? I no, just can't see. We're not saying we're not saying take it against that other person's will. We're saying the people who would grow it would willingly put it out there for free. If uh -huh. everyone did something like that, if everyone was at that level of consciousness, see, Mike, I'm not disagreeing with you that that is our current condition. What I disagree with okay. is that that's our nature. It's the current condition of our mind, which you could you can make the argument that is what our nature has become like. I don't believe it's the default condition of our nature, nor do I think it has to be that way. I think once consciousness changes enough, we can willfully choose not to be like that anymore in the world. So I am not bound to those restrictions. In other words, that is not my nature at the level of consciousness I exist at. If there was a, a, a pool of resources, in other words, in a local uh, uh, um, situation, in a local environment, and uh, you know, even if there wasn't enough to completely go around, I would not have to choose. I would not be constrained to choosing the behavior of fighting and killing over those limita li limited, that limited uh, situation of resources. I can employ my consciousness to not engage in behavior like that. I agree with you, though, that not everyone is at that level of consciousness, that other people's nature uh, has been, uh, I guess you could say, degraded down to a point through the conditions that they're living in and through the mechanisms of mind control that they've been living under, uh, to, that their natures have become like that. But I don't believe that that is their default condition. So, like, it's like 
the, the word nature itself doesn't even describe it very well. It's the condition that they currently exist under. The, their, their state of being, I think, would be a better term to describe Mark, it. that's exactly it. B.S. Skinner did all sorts of studies on conditioning and on turning on basically pigeons uh, and how you can make them turn around by just the sight of the word turn. And it was all based on conditioning. They put them in a scarcity environment, giving them less food so that they would automatically jump to perform immediately. Amazing. So, and, so Ke- Kevin, hold it right there. We could talk. Desired end. Kevin, hold it right there. We'll talk more about behaviorism and, and Skinner's uh, methods on the other side. Mike, you're going to come on next week to talk about some solutions to this, right? I sure I would love to, Mark. Great. And you got my number, right? AG Just- is a symbol for silver on the periodic table of elements. Welcome back, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. Today on the show, we're talking about sustainability. We're talking about abundance-based thinking, solutions to the monetary enslavement that we are living under in this corrupt financial system. Uh, Our special guest today is Kevin Tilsner. And Kevin, I want to get uh, I, I want to thank Mike Kelly for the call. And, you know, well, we can disagree about certain things, and that's fine. And uh, Mike's going to come on next week, and he's going to give some of what he sees as practical solutions to getting out of this uh, form of financial tyranny. Uh, so uh, another individual I would really like to bring on the show, I think I'm going to try to get a hold of him uh, over the next week or so, is James Yeager. James uh, was on the show before talking about the uh, Federal Reserve System and uh, the, the system of uh, financial enslavement on, on the, the um, show that we did about the problems w- related to this current system. And I'm going to ask him back to propose some of his solutions because he wrote a phenomenal article up on his website at uh, Jaeger uh, Research, Jaeger Research Institute, uh, org called Non-Monetary Civilization. And uh, I may even quote something from it later on in the show because I thought it was so powerful. And um, uh, I'd like to get his uh, uh, take on this as well. Uh, uh, one of the points Mike did bring up that I think uh, is absolutely on point is how government uh, plays hand in hand with this uh, financial system to create enormous violence in the world. And that's what the whole monetary system actually contributes to more than anything else. So, uh, Kevin, this was actually your observation number five. So I'm going to turn the floor back over to you and let you get into this one. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, he he's right that our nature is Exactly like that. I mean, if we're in a scarcity environment, we're going to act just like those squirrels. There's only so many nuts to go around. So we're going to hoard them and we're going to fight over them. And it's just like money. That's the reason why people stab each other in the street for sneakers and for gold chains, which is hysterical as far as I'm concerned that we we kill each other for chains. (laughs) But that's besides the point. Uh, it, It goes along, though, with that violence and that we think that we can buy this sort of violence as well and buy this authority through money. I mean, all state violence is, is, is bought through money and it would, it's purely based for these like people who are psychopathic enough to commit the violence uh, for nothing is just not something that's really going to happen. 
on a regular basis. Um, I think most people have to be driven to it or like that, that carrot is put in front of them for, for it and, and money is often a very large carrot because you can buy a lot more carrots. And um, yeah, you take money out of the equation and who would commit state violence? You think about how many people are doing the jobs that they're doing that ultimately their own internal natures don't really want them doing and they know it's extremely harmful to the soul what they're doing I actually did a special podcast I uh, haven't actually uh, posted this on the site yet I have to get the link from uh, PopeyeFederalJack.com but I did a special podcast with Popeye last week on the very topic of violence in the police forces and how it's on you know, uh, actually escalating now more than ever, and why these individuals do the things that they do. That th that they do. I'm actually going to do a series of shows on this when I, we get to the uh, solution called the non-supportive dominators, and I'm going to do probably an entire show, maybe maybe multiple shows, just on the psychological factors that contribute to the types of behaviors that these beings will do for money. An entire show on just that topic alone, may, maybe multiple shows on that topic alone. So um, we have to understand that money, you know, as this illusory uh, force, as this power that people have m made real by their belief in it, it may not exist in nature, but because they have believed in it so strongly, they have made it real to themselves, okay? And they believe in it so much that they're willing to actually harm, take actions that do harm to other living beings just to stay employed so that they can keep receiving that money. And so much of that is people's uh, motivations, just a paycheck. Without that paycheck, how many people would still do that? There would be a few true psychopaths that just want to hurt people. But I guarantee you, without that paycheck coming in, most of those people would walk away from that system. They wouldn't even flock to it in, to begin with. They would just not do it at all. They would say, well, if I can't receive money to do that, those actions, I'm not going to do them. There would be a number that would continue to do it anyway. They, would ju they just get off on the sheer violence of it because they like to hurt people. That is their nature because they're actual psychopaths. But th that's... Um, definitely a limited number compared to the people who stay in that system because they feel like they're trapped and they need to do something to make money and this is in their minds in their limited perceptions all they're qualified to do so definitely money plays a huge role in that and like as you said it buys all state violence essentially yeah. the, a level of violence that goes on in the state could not be accomplished unless the state had the money to give these people to continue to do those actions and the Federal Reserve prints it out of thin air and funds it all. So therefore, it's an unlimited... And then they tax you on it and, sub and subject you to further state violence if you don't pay the taxes on uh, the, basically the interest on, on the said debt of creating the money for you right. in the first place. And since they have an unlimited supply, since they are the creators of that fiat money, and they control the issuance of it, they control how much of it is in circulation and when when it is printed, they can just continue to buy however much violence they feel that they need as long, you know, to, to accomplish their, their goals, their objectives, as long as there are people out there who are willing to do certain behaviors for monetary compensation. See, the whole idea is we have to get to a point in consciousness where we can't be bought. I cannot be bought, ladies and gentlemen. If I, if I know that something is wrong 
I don't care how much money somebody's going to offer me to do it. I'm not going to do it. You say hurt that person over there. Put that person, I don't like what they're doing, even if they have a right to do it. And uh, I want you to put them in a cage for me. I want you to put them, you know, in some, uh, you know, limited box, okay, where they're going to be kept because I don't didn't like their behavior. I didn't like their action, whether whether you think they have a right to do it or not, take this money and go and put that person in a cage for me. And I would laugh at you. It's, it's, it would be hilarious to me that you would even think you could get me to engage in a behavior like that because I can't be controlled at that level. Because I, one, I don't identify with your garbage money as real at all. It, it, it holds no value for me. I don't really care about it. Okay, if someone wants to help contribute to the work I do by saying, oh, here, take this and do something valuable and truly valuable and useful with it, help to put your information into the world, I'll, I'll take a donation or a contribution. I don't demand anything like that from people, but if they would want to freely give it, wonderful. I don't have a problem with using a resource at someone's disposal that they want to voluntarily, there's the key, uh, contribute to someone else. But you know, I'm not going to take any amount of money to go and go against my principles. And, and that's the level of consciousness we need to get at. So, Kevin, your thoughts on that? I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's realistically the problem. I mean, I, I kind of exist because of this, this whole system in a lot of ways. Um, I, I was put up for adoption because my mother couldn't, didn't think she could afford me. I, I was then adopted by people who thought they could afford me because they were so ingrained into the system that they were doing exactly what you were talking about. Like my uncle it, it was, a, it was a, is a retired cop. My, my father, who's now passed away, was a retired prison guard. And the, like the whole family is in that institutionalized mentality. And, and if they, I don't, they were never able to get out of it. They were always yelling at me, why don't you act like a normal person? Why don't you go get a real job? Why don't you work for the state? And this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, I don't want a job. I think the people with Occupy No Offense Men were rather foolish putting up signs saying, I demand the right to a job. And because I don't want the right to a job. That's like saying I have the right to work at McDonald's. Have pulled it right there. We'll I want the right, right back. back. We'll be right back, folks. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio, talking with Kevin Tilsner today about solutions to the system of financial enslavement that we currently live under. We were talking about how not everyone has a price. You know, that whole, uh, that whole saying, everyone has, it, has his price? Well, not everyone does. People at a high enough level of consciousness have no price and can't be bought. So, um... Uh, I guess we could leave the whole violence uh, concept there about how the monetary system is the ultimate contributor to violent behavior and funds that behavior and tries to keep that behavior in existence, uh, ultimately to justify its own existence and uh, justify its own means and uh, keep the status quo the way that it is through its enforcement system, which is all based on violence. So, uh, Kevin, we have a couple of callers hanging on the line. You want to take another couple of calls in this segment? Yeah, that's fine. Please. Great. All right, here we go. 
Caller from the 330 area code, you're live on What on Earth is Happening. Welcome. Hey, brother. Brother Kevin, how you doing? Good. Who is this? Uh, this is Jeff from Ohio. All right on. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah, great uh, topic you guys are talking about today. And um, I'm actually a uh, farmer in Ohio here. And uh, we do, you know, all grass-based stuff and, um, you know, just getting the land back to you where it needs to be getting back to you. And uh, I just wanted to throw this out that um, there's a lot of, you know, older farmers that don't have, you know, people to uh, take over their land and maybe restore it in the way it needs to be restored. And just want to throw that out as an option to anybody who wants to get into... Um, you know, organic farming, um, biodynamics, that there are farms available um, for, you know, leasing. And it's just another option to throw out there with, uh, I mean, things are just still abundant, you know. Um, it's just that people don't really realize it. Um, so that's just one of the things I want to throw out to you guys and your audience. And, um, yeah, it's a great show. I mean, I uh, just started to, actually, I'm about like 30 well, maybe like on the 35th show, but I just started getting into uh, Mark's show after hearing him on uh, Red Ice. So, uh, yeah, great job, guys. Appreciate Fantastic. It. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, and I was just wondering, like, for resources, like, um, you know, because one of our main things, you know, on a farm, obviously, is, like, you know, fuel and energy and, um, you know, of course, there's solar you know, and there's, you know, wind technology and so forth, but I'm really trying to get deeper into some better, you know, real free technologies that would really be useful on, you know, on a farm and so forth. So I'm really, it would be open to uh, whatever uh, sources you have for those. I mean, that'd be awesome. I think I'll try to do an entire show on energy uh, because energy is the real form of money. And money, as we understand it today, is only a proxy for energy. And ultimately, once we do away with that proxy, we understand there really is only... Uh, once we do away with that proxy, we understand that there really only is energy. And it's, uh, it's all about the uh, means of distributing that energy efficiently. And um, you know, this is why we need to really understand and learn more about free energy technology... Uh, radiant energy, uh, you know, harnessing the power of uh, the natural energy that exists all around us. Uh, ultimately, I think the biggest resource that goes completely untapped, that provides everything we ever really need is the sun. You know, ultimately, we need to understand how to harness the energy that is constantly bombarding this planet from uh, that huge light in the sky called the sun that ultimately makes possible all the life here down on the earth and this is something that people will say oh it can't be done and you know it's not it, it, we, you, you can't harness it efficiently enough nonsense we just haven't put the uh, energy the time the attention into uh, figuring out how to actually do that and I think that there are scientists out there who have uh, done this and realized that you can tap into this at all places at all times and then effectively distribute that energy from where you're at on the earth. 
and this is another thing that's being actively suppressed, the power of solar energy, ultimately. So I think I'll, I'll have a whole show in this monetary um, uh, segment, you know, in the, the thing, the ways of actually freeing ourselves from the monetary system. Maybe I can uh, get somebody from the Tesla Science Foundation to come on and do a show with me, uh, an entire show just on uh, free energy and just on um, the whole uh, uh, type of abundance-based thinking that would result if we were able to have uh, freely available energy and uh, what that would do to change where we put our resources in the world, what we have to uh, think about how much money you have to uh, acquire in order and then spend in order just to keep your energy needs met. You know, if we have free energy, all of that goes away and a huge part necessity of the monetary system goes away with it. So, uh, Kevin, your response to that? I, all I can think is to add that there are also other ideas that, that are out there too. It's not like I'm just trying to promote the Venus Project it's a, as a way of global sustainability. We, we may need to start small and local on, on like using permaculture ideas and like in, in, um, in a small town in Germany I read that they put a bunch of little like propeller type things underneath their bridges and that creates a bunch of free abundant electricity and it's out of the way and it's not harming the environment and they just attach them underneath the, these bridges that, that, go, that go through the town. And it now generates all the electricity they need for the municipality. They don't actually, like, their, mu their municipal electrical needs are fully sustainable by this little grid system under bridges. Yeah, I, I think another uh, resource people should check out is Thrive because uh, they uh, painted some nice visualizations in that movie about what some of this free energy technology could do and how it would completely put... Um, you know, um, an end to these uh, strangleholds that these huge uh, international corporations have over our, our energy uh, requirements, our energy needs, and how dependent we are on them. It would actually, just a small piece of technology that could uh, uh, harness energy and distribute it sustainably and effectively would um, uh, take away all of the dependency that we now have on these huge oil companies and these, uh, you know, uh, electric companies that charge outrageous rates for bringing power into our homes. That, that's the biggest bill that most people have in their homes, aside from maybe the mortgage that they're paying is uh, the electrical bill is always the biggest bill in the house. I mean, unless they're really huge on using, you know, minutes on their phone, but, you know, electricity and communications are the two biggest uh, bills that we basically pay if we look at it every month. And this is the kind of stuff that Tesla was championing and, uh, you know, trying to bring the world for free, free energy and free communications. Once you have those things, what else really, you know, do you need as far as energy goes? Not much. That 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 would basically meet those needs for everyone on the planet, and it can be done. It's a matter of engaging our imaginations and then engaging our ingenuity along with it. Let's go to another caller, Alex in Serbia. You're live on What on Earth is Happening. What do you have for us? Hi, Mark. Man, uh, I spoke to you a few weeks ago. Yes, it was also about the food. I yes. told you that I'm a vegetarian for about 20 years That's right. longer. And uh, you have great topic today and a great guest today. So I want to join the conversation. Absolutely. Possible. You go right ahead. Yeah, you know, I, I started following this stuff like two years ago at the New World Order and everything. And it was just like 
too much information at one at, at the short time. So I, I was really paranoid and afraid. I was like, oh, the population, Nibiru, Helenin, chemtrails, uh, food poisoning, every, everything. So I was like, yeah, what should I do? I should prepare, I should do this, I should do that. that. I don't want to have children. I had a son at that time, but I, I was like, yeah, I'm afraid. What is the future bringing? But then at one point, as I was listening more and reading more and researching more, I was like, how do you fight population? You make more children, you don't vaccinate them, you educate them to be something different that we are now. I took garden, I invested like 200 euros for a garden, 40 meters by 40 meters. I bought some seeds for 100 euros, organic bio, biological seeds. I make my plastic houses, I make my glass houses, I protect myself as much as I can from chemtrails. I have my own food without any chemicals, and I was talking to people about all this kind of stuff, about uh, Zionists, about uh, Illuminati, Freemasons, just name it. But if people don't see that you change, they will not follow you anyway. They will say, look at this guy, he's talking some crazy stuff, let's ignore him. But when they see you stop smoking, you drink less, you, you have your own garden, you have your own normal life, people without following you, they will say at one point, no, this guy is not that crazy at that's all. That's exactly right. And that's we, what we, we have, all have to do. That's exactly right. We have to lead by example. That is the best way of teaching people. So we'll pick this up on the other side. Stay with us, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, guys, it's Chris. can't stop an activated imagination. Someone who has activated that gift within themselves can truly change their reality. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. This is the last segment for this edition with our special guest, Kevin Tilsner. We were on the line with Alex from Serbia, who was talking about his awakening uh, to what's really going on in our world and how that created an, an initial response of fear. But he went through that process and emerged out into the light on the other side of that dark tunnel. Alex, are you still with us? And uh, I'll let you continue your story. And then if you want to propose a question for Kevin, and uh, we'll get his response. Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Great show, great show. Uh, yeah, the fear is the only thing we have to fear, you know. I, I had the son, I told you, like four years ago, and now I'm waiting for another son in April. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm, uh, I, I believe in all these conspiracy theories, and there is a plan to depopulate the earth, and there is a plan to make us afraid and to control us. But when you see what I set up with less than 500 euros, I will have away food for a whole year. It's incredible what man can do. But the next thing I want to say is I, I, now with the Internet, we have all these names. We have all these conspiracy theories, and people are waking up. I think that the elite is not that crazy that they will push the agenda that fast. I think rather they will... Go, let it go for next 50 years, slowly and slowly. They make paranoia more than its real reality. Uh, it, of course, they're taking away freedom of people, but not on the local levels, because it, I see it on the Internet, I read it in the news, but 
in my area, I don't see it that much. There are regulations, of course, that forbid us being free as we want to be. But it's not that bad yet. And they want to create some kind of mass hysteria. And we have to, we have to remain calm. We, we, we do not have to be afraid to make children. We have to make children. We have to make them smarter. We have to make them think out of the box. We really need to be, be smart with all this information and not get into some kind of mass hysteria where we will just snap and make even worse than it is. That's right. We just have to wake up and do it on a local level, start changing ourselves so our friends will see that this guy is doing very well. I want to be like him. And as more people do that, then we can win. Otherwise, if we get weapons, if we get aggressive, that's what they want. We will lose the war just like we lost all the wars till now. That's and right. I think I'm, I'm sorry, Alex. What, what we need to do is um, set that example and start with the youth because the youth has a chance to change uh, before they even get sucked into all that indoctrination. They have a chance, not even change, but just express their uh, unique creativity and imagination that that is instilled within them from the very beginning of their lives. Uh, we start with the youth and, uh, you know, try to instill these positive and empowering ideas into the youth uh, of our world. Uh, it will organically spring from there. That's like planting a seed when, you know, it is at the most fertile, and that's what the youth represents. So, Kevin, let's get your yes, let's get our, a response to that. Yes, teaching our children how to learn is truly the most important thing. Like, I I I, I can't like tell you how much I've been trying to throw in little tidbits for my son as we play about um, even fallacies I've been trying to teach him lately, such as like all the different ones that are out there. I mean, I can't go through every single one of them all in one shot because he's a little kid and he can only take in so much at one time. But I, as you teach them how to learn and, and how to... Um, I mean, it's, it's, as, Gore, as George Carlin put it, it, it take, it's less on teaching the kids how to read as to teaching them how to see through all the BS in the world. And that's that's really where that's it's right. at. I, I got a friend of mine on, on the line, uh, Carl Roberts. He's uh, an artist from the UK, and he is another one of the types of examples who who gets it. He he takes these ideas that are actually very almost Illuminati style, and he puts them into his. He takes them back and kind of creates them for himself. And I guess that's kind of what we have to do. Sure. Like a lot of people are really scared when they first look into the Zeitgeist movement because a lot of the suggestions. If they're really studying, they're going to learn about things like Agenda 21 and how it's almost like this depopulation plan that's based on sustainability. Well, it has nothing to do with the Venus Project. And, like, I'm even going to, like, mention a couple words from, like, Jacques Fresco himself here. He says, the Venus Project is neither utopian nor Orwellian, nor does it reflect the dreams of impractical idealists. Instead, it presents attainable goals requiring only the intelligent application of what we already know. The only limitations are those which we impose upon ourselves. Exactly. And another quote that I find even just as enriching and, and kind of needs to like go hand in hand with the last one is, is um, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond our imagination. It is our light more than our darkness which scares us. 
we ask ourselves, who are we to be brilliant, beautiful, talented, and fabulous? But honestly, who are you not to be? Right. While we allow our light to shine, we unconsciously give permission for others to do the same. We will liberate ourselves from our own fears. We can then liberate other, ourselves and others from our own fears simply by our own presence. That's right. That's right. And that's what setting that example is all about. Be the change. Be the light in the world. You know, release yourself from fear so that you can inspire others to do the same. That's what it, why it's called encouragement. You know, putting courage out there into the world. It's infectious. And as Alex was saying, you know, it's all about uh, not buying into that fear, not reacting. Yeah, they, they are, I think, going to try uh, to keep it going in their incrementalism. People have a less of a tendency to see it that way, what David Icke has often called the totalitarian tiptoe. You know, it's incrementalism, a little bit here, a little bit there, and then uh, you wake up one day and realize you're in a, you're in a prison. So uh, w we have to be watchful of that. A little bit there and a little bit, um, and a little bit here and a little bit there is also how we get out of it. We can use our exactly. own imaginations That's right. to do the same thing. You got it. As silly as it sounds, people um, think about like uh, the whole Venus Project, and they're like, "Oh, they just want to use this giant robot to control us all." And it's like, "No, no, no." Think Doctor Theopolis from Buck Rogers. You know the little disc thing that was a computer that they asked um, that Twiggy carried around. They just asked it questions like, "Okay, what are, how, what's the easiest route from here to there?" And and it would use algorithms to to create that data, and then people would act upon that data. It was ne they, there was a whole group of them that were called the like ruling council, but the they were really just guides that we would ask questions of, and they would give us the best, most scientifically devised answers based on these again scientifically devised algorithms that could help us design future concepts. And ultimately, it's all about evolving ideas. Ultim and, and ultimately, as you said in that quote. As Fresco was saying in that quote, it, our, the only limiter is our own imagination of what we can actually do, of how productive we actually could become and how free we actually could be. You know, if we like being kept, if we like being held back, that's how we're going to end up. But if we want to be free, the only limiter in that equation is the human imagination. That's why we have to develop true, critical, uh, free-thinking skills and uh, start to really understand the ways that we can go about living sustainable, sustainably and in harmony with natural law. Kev, I want to bring up one other quote and get your take on it to take us out. Uh, this is by James Yeager. He says, if you are a creator of money, the last thing you want happening is a situation whereby the demand for more of your product is static or decreasing. This is uh, why the uh, th this is why the the money creators constantly increase the money supply, and this is why the memes of quote, money creates demand, and quote, money is a store of value, are promoted even more viciously than the memes of government is indispensable and government is there to protect liberty. The meme of money is necessary is, is the most promoted, viciously promoted meme. Uh, your take on that and then your comments to take us out. Uh, again, it's, it, it's, it's, everything that we've been talking about throughout the whole show and it, it, it's all about like you were just saying it, it, 
I, I, I can't even wrap my head around it sometimes as to how people deal with money the way they do. I, I maybe I'm maybe I really am, am some sort of insane person, or, or do I have it actually in such a, a, a mentality that it's possible? Just I understand that it's possible. That's right. I and understand it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to be a lot of hard work required, a lot of mental thought, a lot of resources being given to people so that they can just create these types of new paradigms. Kevin, that's what it's ultimately all about, is creating a new way of seeing the world. That's all the time we have for Thanks to our special guest, Kevin Tilsner. We'll see you next week on What on Earth is Happening. Stick around. Chris Everard. the up. world's first and only 